like the process of silver. And as the silver goes through the process, when is it ready? When is the gold ready? When the silver is ready? When the purity is when we can see the reflection of ourselves. You're looking and wanting to see you in us, in your church, in your bride, in your body, in your sons. So, Father, again today, we continue to submit ourselves to your lordship and your leadership. We continue, Lord, to walk in humility of heart with a teachable spirit, knowing that we don't have it, but what we have, we cherish. And, Father, tonight we ask for more revelation, more knowledge. Your word says, how much more will the Father who is perfect give to children that ask? If you know how to good good gifts and though you are evil to your children, how much more will the perfect Father give to his children, to those who ask? And so, Father, I pray for hungry hearts. I speak forth and declare tonight, hungry hearts. I speak life and prophesy life over myself and over everyone here tonight, God. Life and life abundantly. Lord, we're going to see tonight. We're going to leave this building changed tonight because we've encountered your living spirit. We're going to position ourselves tonight, Lord, to receive. And so, God, we say, feed us with your word. Feed us with your life. Feed us, Lord. We're hungry. As the song says, hungry for your presence. Show us your glory. Father, my heart is to see your glory fall like a mist, like a cloud, like a fog that we would enter and know we're in it and amongst it. And that same presence to be radiating from us. That a world would see God in the church. Not in buildings, not in four by two structures, but in your people like we heard this morning. That you're building people, people of faith, people of life, people of generosity, people of substance, people of hope, people that love unconditionally, offering others first, putting others first ahead of their own needs. Jesus, thank you. That's the church you're building on planet earth today. And that's the church we are and we're becoming. And so God, faith tonight. I pray that faith would be deposited into our spirits. The more we know you, the more faith we have. So word of God, speak. And we position ourselves to receive. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Turn to the person beside you and say, I'm going to receive something tonight that I didn't have when I walked in here. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Kelly and Clay. The guys at the back who found the words for that for you in a heartbeat. <laughs> All righty. Who, who noticed our new posters? Wow. Let's all have a look at the posters. <laughs> See, if you're part of this community called The Rock, our purpose is to know Him. Everything centers around our knowing Him. Now, I don't mean knowing about Him or having a head knowledge of Him. I mean knowing Him intimately. Like, 
you'd know your friend, your best friend, or your wife, or your spouse, or your children. For knowing him, loving others, which is split in two, which means we love one another. We lay our lives down. The Bible says you'll know your brothers and sisters because they lay their lives down for one another. And loving a world, people, because that's the Father's heart, isn't it? People that don't know him yet. So it's this continuous cycle of just loving everybody. Not judging them, but loving them into the kingdom. Love is the most powerful substance. God sent his son because of love. And when we love one another with that love, which is, that's why we need to know him, because you can't love one another in your human love the way he wants you. We need his love. And we do that, we walk together. Those are three statements that are one thing. But like the Trinity, really, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit is one. And so that purpose is our singular purpose is one. So I would encourage you as we go forward to place yourselves in environments like this, at mountain movers, at leadership nights, if you're part of that, at Ignite, where you can come to know him at a greater level. Get in environments where you're walking together, contending for truth together. It's the environment Jesus patterned. I was sharing with some friends this afternoon, you know, like, it's not an option. Think about it. If you stop and think about it, go, Jesus, why did you decide to come to earth and walk with 12 men intimately? Why? Uh, I don't know. I picked it out of a Weetbix box. Maybe that was the option. God is intentional about every single thing. He, nothing is a mistake. Every hair on your head, he knows. Just think about this, God. You know, if, if, if you move things slightly, we start spinning out of place in orbit. He's intentional about everything. He calls us to walk by faith. Our values, intimacy, lordship, evangelism, discipleship, leadership, family. What we're trying to do in our services, engagement with him, intimacy with him and one another, impartation and empowerment. The reason we come here is to be empowered to go. I love the message this morning. If you didn't get the message, get on the website. I'm serious. You need to soak yourself in this morning's message. It was prophetic. It was from the Father, and it had such an arrow to it. Clay brought it with so powerfully. I don't think I've heard a message like that out of Clay's mouth. And it's all part of his own journey and our all journey that we're on. The living word, the living reality of this and coming alive, not just transformation of information but a living impartation that gets sown into your spirit you may not go you know what? i didn't understand that but man i'm alive man cannot live on bread alone but every word out of the mouth of god this is tangible food it's better than mcdonald's it's better than fish and chips it's better than restaurant 88 where i was last night which was phenomenal food just a plug for them if you want to go to restaurant 88 vietnamese love that was beautiful. But you know what? This has such a great taste. Taste and see that the Lord is good. How long has it been since we tasted him and seen that he was good, that he has the best for every single one of us? And I want to talk about that. And the last one, the beautiful purple, our focus, word and worship. You know, I've been so encouraged and inspired. And I don't know whether anyone has noticed, but I've noticed from going this being obedient to what God asked us to do, the engagement here in worship has gone up. The engagement from actually actually preaching his word and engaging off his word now into worship 
I sense it in the spirit. I sense it in the atmosphere, the dynamic of heart engagement. I know certainly the guys who lead us in that have noticed it. And once again, this morning was just another phenomenal time. So once again, I'm trying to encourage the morning guys to come out to the night. And I'm trying to encourage you guys at the night to come to the morning and soak yourself in what God's doing. If you can't do that, at least get on the website and start listening listening, meditating, marinating in his word. Be like a cow, no offense, and just chew the cud and chew it and chew it and chew it and chew it. Because there is things happening around the world right now. God is building a significant new wineskin. But the Bible says that man loves the old because it's good. See, good is not God and it's not great, but it's good. And we like good, because good is good enough. But it's good. Why change it? Because it isn't God. God's great. God's perfect. God's extreme. He doesn't do good. He's great. He's, there isn't words to describe him. And so just as you're coming in here and you, you know, you're looking, what does that even mean for me, knowing him? What does that mean? Do I know him? Do I love others? Am I walking together with community? Faith that overcomes. That's what I'm talking about tonight. Who's up for that? Who wants more faith? Who wants a faith that wants to overcome obstacles? How many people have got obstacles in your lives? Yeah. I'm my greatest obstacle. Me. And my thinking. The Bible says the kingdom of heaven's at hand. It's right in front of you. But sometimes my thinking, well, I don't understand. No, that wouldn't be reality. No, no, that's not how God wants to use me. No, no. God, I couldn't trust in God for that, could I? faith that overcomes i had a vision during the week and i uh i work in that office somewhere about there and in my office is a filing cabinet and it's about a meter wide and i store a whole lot of stories and articles and different things and messages in there and just to just god just showed me this it was quite a powerful thing and on the front of the filing cabinet where i owned it, it said love me love others Love me with all your heart, soul, mind, strength. Love others like yourself. Go make disciples. So simple, so clear, isn't it? We can all understand that. Simply clear. As I started to um, pull the the cabinet out, I noticed that the, the files and the depth of the cabinet just went past the wind and a half of my cabinet, through the wall, and just continued to go, and it was an infinite amount. A little bit like Bruce Almighty. Who's seen that movie? You know, when he opens up the file cap, it was like that. And it just went and went and went and went. You see, God is simple, but he's deep. He's simple, but he's a mystery. He's simple, but he's the most complex person I've ever met. And this is so simple, but the depth behind that statement was phenomenal. And what I saw was these different files of different elements and attributes and and the substance of food that god wants the church to come into so we go yeah okay got that but am i engaged in the depth and what i saw were people that were just near the front of the filing cabinet and that was good there were people in the middle of the filing cabinet and way off in the distance there were people right you know towards three quarters of the back chewing on food digesting that had gone past the simplicity of that statement but we're entering into the depth of who the father was but you know each file needed a, a, a greater stepping out of faith 
to be able to entertain and to be able to read what was in the file. In the file. Every level you had to step out a bit more. So there were people that had stepped so far. That was cool and that's awesome and we're all on this journey and there were people who had stepped some further, some further on the journey. Because at every level it requires a greater depth of trust in Him. You see, it's so simple, but the depth of who God is and the challenge that comes to us as the church to overcome obstacles requires us to have faith. It's awesome though, isn't it? God says, I'm never going to leave you. I'm going to walk this journey with you. I'll be right beside you, behind you. Sometimes I'll be carrying you. But I'm looking for faith. It's why it's one of the top three Love, faith, and hope. Three things all intertangled still into one. Faith is such a key ingredient to a relationship with God. Without it, the Bible says you cannot what? Please Him. And so it's a massive building block. And so we have scriptures like this. Faith comes by hearing. We throw this one out. The righteous live by faith. Will Jesus find faith on earth when he returns? That's a challenging one, isn't it? Because you know what happens just before he returns. Do we know? It's called a seven-year tribulation. Will he find faith on earth when he returns? Now, I don't know where you sit in that, whether you believe that you're getting taken out of it or whether you're going through it. I have my personal opinion, and that doesn't really matter tonight, but... Will you find? Will he find faith? Will he find faith? If he was a term now. Would he find faith on the earth? Will he find you and me contending for more of him, allowing him to change us from the inside? I was preaching on Wednesday night at night, trying to motivate and inspire and equip people to share their faith, to be bold in the workplace, be bold out there in the world, and just step out into something. Oh, gee, this is scary. How are people going to respond? Am I going to get slammed or are they going to be open to me? Will he find faith? We say things like, he's the perfecter of my faith. That's a good one, eh? What does that mean? Think about it. Jesus is the perfecter of my faith. Well, is your faith being perfected? Is it growing? What's the point of this whole thing? Anyone tell me? What's the goal? of our relationship with him. What is he trying to do? Because many things it's reached the lost. Many people think that's the point. That's the purpose is to reach the lost. It's not. It's a very important aspect, but it's not the point. Anyone tell me what the point is? Pardon? Yeah, what's part of that process though? Intimacy, yeah, but what's part of that process? What's he trying to do? glorify us he's trying to mature us he's growing us into maturity that's the point he wants to grow us to reflect him so as soon as you sign up to be a follower of jesus you sign up and you go all truth come into my life you got this perfection all that stuff come into me and he says i'm coming are you ready for me and he says right now we're going to go on a journey because really you're a little kid and you've got nappies on. But it's time to put your big pants on. Your big girl pants or your big boy pants, as Jeremy calls them. And it's time to grow up. 
and mature. Stop going back to the things like repentance and baptism and all those things. Come on, let's grow up. Let's grow up into the full maturity of what? The body, it says. So from day to day, we have to be going from glory to glory. We have to be growing up. It's no different to what God shows us. And he gives us, God gives us physical pictures all the time. It's called family. It's called mum and dad and kids. If my children aren't growing up and maturing, if my Madeline and Lily are still acting like they are now at the age of 18, you know what? I haven't parented too well, have I? If they're still sucking on their blankets and doing their thing and watching kids' TV and doing some of the things they say at 25, how well have they matured? And this is the purpose of me and you, is to mature into the likeness of Him as a whole. You know what it requires, though? Faith. Faith. Because God's going to ask you to step out and step out and step out. And just when you think you've had enough stepping out, you know what he does? He lets you rest for a bit. Anyone experience that? Let's you sit. Then you get the knock on the back. Been sitting there a bit too long, Simnor. Let's go again. Oh, gee. And it's hard. It's scary. But you know what? He's constantly trying to get me and you to an unknown place. Come follow me. I love this, and I've said it millions of times, but you know, they didn't ask him where they're going. They didn't say, how long are we going to be away? How much is it going to cost us? Immediately got out the boat and said, come on, we're on this, let's go. They had no concept of what they were going to be involved in. God's incredibly wise, isn't he? You think if he'd said, you know what? Peter, you're going to die. Uh... I think I might get back in the boat. That immediately, all of a sudden, wasn't so immediate, and now I'm back in the boat. Anybody want to come fishing? Imagine if he'd shared with them their, what they were going to uh, end up like. Turned upside down and crucified and had their heads chopped off. And Would they have gone? Will I find faith when I return? See, he's looking for an overcoming faith. He's looking for a people that will allow the challenges and the trials and the tribulations because he gives us his word and he gives us his spirit. He says, you can overcome this because I overcame it as a man. And if you do it together, you know what? You'll become vibrant, mature, and you'll reflect me on the world and the world will see me and want me because it's all about me and my glorification. That... The church would bring glory to me. God blesses you and me for his own purpose, not for you and me. That's just a byproduct. He blesses you and me so a world looks and goes, look at those people. I don't live like that or have that peace or have that joy or have that substance thing going on. Look at, look at the love in the community. I'm not part of that community. Can, knock, knock, knock. Hey, what's going on here? But it's faith that overcomes. What about this? Stand firm in your faith. What does that mean? We don't live by sight, but faith. And if you haven't got it already, I really want to stretch your thinking tonight. I really want to stretch our thinking. 
the Bible says that the church is renewed through the mind. So through the renewing of the mind, you and I are transformed. Yeah? And it says that God does this by the Holy Spirit. You see, we know understanding starts in the heart. It starts in the spirit. But the mind is incredibly important because the mind acts as a gateway. And so the mind can actually shut or it can release. So what I'm going to say to you tonight, your mind could shut it down as quick as it comes out of my mouth. Or your mind could release something. And what I want to ask you to do tonight is keep your mind open. That's the greatest thing we can do as followers of Jesus is keep our mind open. Because if the mind is remain open, it means the spirit can receive it by faith. We don't try and figure it out before we've, you know, we judge a sign and sentence everything. No, that's not it. That can't be it because it doesn't agree with where I'm at right now, my thinking. That's why he says it's a gateway that will either release kingdom, shut it down. So what I ask you to do tonight is keep your thinking open. Allow your spirit to be open. Your spirit can receive truth by faith. This is true biblical revelation knowledge. It receives it by faith. You don't understand it yet in your head. Your spirit's receiving it. It's feeding you. I don't know whether you've ever sent something where you know this is good and you know it's real and you know it's feeding your spirit, but you couldn't tell anybody what it is because the mind hasn't yet caught it. It hasn't been renewed, transformed. It's in the process of, so your spirit receives it, tangible, you're seeking content, and all of a sudden, at some point in time, the mind captures it, and it can see, and it's called spirit-led revelation. It's living truth. It's actually this. It's not information. It's living reality, and it forms you, shifts you, and you actually have faith. It's tangible. Some of you look at me like, what? So let's stay open. Because what I'm going to say tonight is, I believe it's going to stretch. It stretches me all the time. But we have to be maturing and walking into and understanding the mysteries of the kingdom, yeah? So Jesus says, I've given you my Holy Spirit to his disciples to understand the mysteries of the kingdom. So we are to walk into these unknown zones. They then become known because God reveals them to us as we're standing in this unknown zone. Peter never would have experienced walking on water had he not got out into an unknown zone. How many of you walked on water? How many would you think that was a bit unknown? You haven't been there before. No, you do this regularly. It's part of your everyday life. Yeah? Maya. So it's an unknown zone. Walk on water? What are you talking about? But it became known. I'm walking on water. Are you with me? So we're going from unknown zones to known zones so it goes known so we all know a certain level tonight but are we prepared to travel into an unknown zone because if we think we've got it all down we're deceived if we think we understand god and everything about god we've we're deceived and so we have a portion 
we are then moving into, by faith, a greater depth, a greater level of filing cabinet, understanding that. Then we move again, so the unknown becomes known. Then there'll be another level of unknown zone to attach to, and God's building within us. And really, that's a continuous journey of being a follower of Jesus. Your faith is increasing. The things that you were contending for 10 years ago, you're no longer. You've, you, you know, you're a different person. God says, comes and he says, I want you to do this. It's like, yes, sweet. Why? Because you've got some substance behind you where you've stepped out in faith and faith has grown in you. So the next time he comes, it's like, man, well, I'm anchoring on this stuff to launch into this stuff. Because I saw him come through here. So it's that very substance, that building block that enables you to leap into the unknown. Yeah? All right. So I want to just say this, and I'm going to read this out. I believe that the, we have done it right to this point. Okay, The church has done a pretty good job at teaching us faith for the now. Whether we've engaged in it or not is another thing. But I think the church has done a pretty good job. Have faith for finances. Have faith for your partner. Um, have faith for your children. Have faith for a house. Uh, have faith for, for all these things, for healings and the supernatural. But it's all anchored in the now. And it's awesome and it's right and it's good. But what about faith for the unseen? Have you thought about that? What about faith for what's anchored and centered in the future that will never be about the now, but it's in the future, but you can receive sight of it now and believe that by faith? So when God says to you, you're going to reign with him, is that just a nice statement, theological truth possibly, or is it something that you've actually received by faith and that reality is changing you now? Because that's what the great men and women of old had. The Hebrew 11 talks about. They received promises by faith that they never received in the now. What? Yeah. So come on me, Hebrews 11, 1 and 2. This is going to be good tonight. I tell you, I've been looking forward to this all week. We're allowed to get excited. We're allowed to give feedback. Not too many wows, but you know. <laughs> Make it an authentic wow. I never hit my clock, so not much point hitting it now, eh? All right, Hebrews 11, 1 and 2. Now faith is the assurance of things. Don't you love these words? Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. The conviction... Of things not seen. The conviction. Faith is a conviction of things that you have not seen in the physical. But you've got a conviction of it. You hear what I'm saying? God shows you something. Not of the, uh, sorry, of the, the temporal. Now. The eternal. It creates a conviction in you. Which is stronger than a belief. And it's living in you. So he says, the conviction of things not seen, for by this, what? This conviction, 
the men, which means the men and women, these people we're going to talk about of old, okay, men and women of Hebrews 11, gained approval. So they gained approval by something that they saw in the eternal, that they believed by faith, and that gained them approval. See, Abraham is the father of faith, credited to him as righteousness because of his faith. That kind of faith. Not just faith to go from the land of the Chaldees to Canaan to believe for a son, but to believe in a city that he'd seen in verse 10, that the builder was Jesus himself in the new heavens and the new earth. See, if we start getting this and get the revelation of this, everybody's been journeying over the past 6,000 years to a greater reality in eternity, and that revelation of eternity empowered their life on the earth. It's why God gives it to us to overcome. And it's the faith that overcomes the obstacles because if you've got something bigger that you can see that you're going towards, that's why I'm going to let go of my stinking thinking. That's why I'm going to let go of the person that abuses me or offends me. Why? Because I'm moving towards something that's so great and that thing might get me entangled here on the world. So sure, whatever, whatever you think of me, I don't really care because I'm moving towards this. And it's faith to believe that by faith. And it says here that these men and women had a conviction of things that they hadn't yet seen, but by it, it gained them approval. This is phenomenal if you understand this. That Abraham was made righteous because of that faith. I used to think he was made righteous because he believed in for his son to come. Now that's all part of it, but there's something much, much bigger at play. Colossians 3 verse 1, what does that say? Anybody know? It says, set your minds on the things above. Why? Because there's gold above. Think about this. I shared this two moments ago. How many years have you got here on earth? 80 at a push. If you're a male, what is it about? 75 for a woman? Or is it the other way around? How long is eternity? forever. We heard that this morning, forever. Why do we spend so much time focusing on now when the church was always created for an eternal purpose? But is now important? Absolutely. Why is it important? For our glorification purpose? What else? Why would it be so important that God wants his church built in this way right now? Because there are people that don't know him. There's a whole world that's going to hell. There's a whole planet that he created that he wants to know. Everybody he's passionate about, everybody coming to know him, the Bible says in Peter. So I'm one eye on the eternal and one eye in the now. And I walk in the tension of those two things because people say this, oh, those people, super spiritual, heavenly minded, they're useless. All they do is focus about what's coming. Well, maybe those people are. But a true heavenly minded person is the most effective person on planet Earth. 
Because they have a revelation of the return of Christ. They have a revelation of where they're moving to. They have a revelation of their purposes, the first resurrection of the saints. They have a revelation of what they've been invited to partake of. And that very revelation means, man, I'm dead, one, on earth. So you can't hurt a dead man because I died. So I didn't get offended. Why? No, I still do. Hear what I'm saying? This is, this, is, this is the picture that God wants us moving to. You can't kill a dead man you can't, or woman. You can't hurt them. You can't offend them because they're dead. How many people can you poke? You, know, you touch my dad when he died. He's gone. You're dead. And so you live this life of absolute radiance, allowing the Spirit and the Word of God to change you, allowing other people to sharpen you, walk together. Let my brothers and my sisters walk together and sharpen you like a point. Why? Because I'm building my bride. I'm building a people who reflect the nature of Christ, the character of Christ, and the power of Christ to see the kingdom come on earth. But that requires faith. That requires an overcoming faith. So we believe that scripture, I think it's in 1 John, that while we all are overcomers already, and we are positionally, but you know what? We're supposed to be overcoming. We heard last week, Ingrid talked about undercoming. Who is here? So God empowers it. He enables it. He said, it is finished. Testelestai, I've done everything you need to do to live this life out. I've even given you fellow brothers and sisters to encourage you, edify you, correct you at times, that you can finish this race and run well. Listen to this. A conviction creates an experience which leads to an expression. A conviction creates an experience, a tangible experience of something, which leads then to an outworking of something, an expression upon the earth. So I have a question for us all. Do I live, and this question for me, do I live with a conviction of truth or just a belief of truth? And I shared this two weeks ago. Do I live my life with a conviction of what I just said? See, these men had a these men and women had a conviction of something greater. Not just a belief, a theological understanding, that's great, but a theological understanding doesn't move you and shift you necessarily. It's when you receive the conviction of that theological understanding that now you're moved. I'm empowered to do something about this. I'm moving towards this reality. That's what Paul's talking about when he talks about a runner. A runner doesn't run just aimlessly or a boxer doesn't just swing. Mike Tyson, when he goes into a fight, or David Tua, they, you don't seem to swing, do you? Well, Mike Tyson, you might. He might bite some ears as well. But, <sighs> but they're technical. They're intentional. They're sussing out their, their opposition. They've got the round that they're going to try and knock that person out in. They're very focused. It's not just a slap happy whatever. But it requires faith. Let me read uh, Hebrews 11.13 to you. All these died. All who? All these people in Hebrews 11. They all died in faith without receiving the promises. Hold on. Abraham, you left the land of the Chaldees and you went to, you ended up in Canaan. You didn't have a son over here. You waited 25 years. Then you got a son. What are you talking about? 
Because I thought these were the promises. Well, there were some of the promises, but not all the promises. All these died in faith, receiving the promises, but having seen them, they welcomed them from distance. This is awesome news. This is such food and fruit. I love this. But having seen them and having welcomed them from a distance, received by faith. Have you got faith to see something you haven't ever going to receive now? But you can have it and you can see it here, right here. And it's so tangible, it actually is now. And having confessed that they were, listen to this, strangers and exiles on the earth. Hold on a minute. Let me go back. Abraham. Right, Abraham? I'm giving you that land. It's a promised land. It's got coconuts the size of flipping cars. It's got bananas the size of rockets. It's got everything going for it. It's the promise. Awesome. Bit of a struggle. Made it. Still feeling a bit of a stranger in this land. Bit of an exile. Hold on, but it was the land you promised me. What's he talking about? How come he's not feeling anchored to this place? How come he's, he's arrived in the promised land? But he still feels like an alien in it. Because he hadn't. He had and he hadn't. Are you hearing me? He'd arrived physically in the land. And yes, it was a promise. But that's where he was going. So he hadn't yet arrived in that land. What does the Bible say we are? Ambassadors from heaven. How many of us are anchored to the earth instead of anchored to heaven? I'm going to be talking a lot about the kingdom culture within us. Jesus Christ and Nicodemus is a beautiful picture. You want to see a man from heaven on the earth and a man from the earth on the earth trying to have a conversation? The kingdom is within you. This reality is to come from within you. The greater level of revelation of the Christ and his purposes, you'll start seeing a greater dimension, but then you've got to believe it by faith. Is this for me, God? Little old Greg Simner? Or Simon English? Is this really for me? You're talking about to me? Or are these just, is this just stuff and history? And well, We're going to look at a little bit of that tonight. So it goes on, it says, For those who say such things make it clear that they are seeking a country of their own. And indeed, if they had been thinking of that country from which they went out, funny that, thinking, the mind again, if they had been thinking about the country which they went out, they would have had the opportunity to return. You come out of something, you've got to get into something. Otherwise, you go back to the third thing you left. Requires faith. They left Egypt, didn't they? What did they start to do? Oh, gee, it was better in Egypt. Although we were slaves and although the guy was whipping us every day and although we never had any food, you brought us out here. Go, this sucks too. We might as well go back. Why? No faith. Why didn't they enter the promised land? Lack of unbelief, the Bible says. I don't want to be that person, do you? I want to be a person that's growing in faith, contending, entering into unknown zones for it to become known. How many people know if you wait for every box to be ticked, it ain't faith. 
God, I'm going to move when you do this. How much faith is required in that? Zero. The way you grow faith is to step off the platform. It's the only way. The only way. Oh, oh, I'm going to share with my workmate. Oh, man, you get nervous, don't you? The nerves start coming. The voices start talking. Oh, gee. I mean, when I handed out pamphlets with DJ Forbes, people look at you like you're a weirdo. You start second guessing, well, maybe I shouldn't be here. Maybe I should go back to the office. It was safer in staff meeting than it is here on the street. <laughs> maybe this guy's going to thump me. Oh, gee, oh, um, hey, do you want to come to oh, maybe, no, no, no. Do you want an invite? No, no, you don't want to. Oh, you wouldn't want to come, would you? No, no, you wouldn't. Go, oh, that's cool. Oh, gee. Oh, phew, so many. Let's go home. We all go through those things. I go through them. It's scary. Faith is spelled R-I-S-K. It's what you signed up for and I signed up for when you went, Jesus, come in to my life. See, if you thought you were going to stay the same person, (laughs) I think he hoodwinked you like he hoodwinked me. He does that. Do you know that? He spiritually hoodwinked you because he knew I'd never go anywhere. That was the disciples. We bagged the disciples, but they were smart. They never asked those questions. Because sometimes you ask those questions and you never get answers to those questions and your faith diminishes because you're waiting for answers. He's never going to get you, give you. So they immediately got out and the plan gets worked out on its own. Listen to this. But as, as it is, they desire a better country that is a what? Heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Verse 10, for he was looking, this is Abraham, for a city which has foundations, whose architecture and builder is God. If you just do a bit of a skip around the Bible, you'll see he's talking about a building in the new heavens and the new earths. He was looking, he'd seen, he'd received by faith, believed that by faith, that what he, he and all those other people were moving towards something anchored in the eternal and it affected their lives radically on the earth. It's called Christianity. We've been great at preaching the now and it's awesome and we will continue to. But here at The Rock, you're going to get the other side of the picture which is the eternal purpose for the church. And I want to encourage us all to have faith, as much as we have faith to see healings and people saved and to see pregnancies and you know, relationships, all that, which is cool. Have faith to see this too. Have faith to see, set your minds on the things above because that's 80 years best. That is forever. And it's awesome, and it's for everyone, and everyone qualifies. If you've said, come in, I want to walk with you, everyone gets the opportunity, the same opportunity, to be part of that. It's whether you choose to or not. So once again, God just puts it out in front of you, and he says, do you want to pick it up? Many are called, the Bible says, but few choose the pathway. Because, you know what, it gets harder. The death of the cost of self 
is greater. The deeper you go into my filing cabinet, the greater the cost. What did Jesus say? If you want to follow me, guys, young people, if you want to follow me, you can't have your iPads, you can't have your phones, you can't have your this, you can't have your that. You know what? A bird, it has, it has a nest, and you know what? A fox has a hole in the ground, but you know what I got? I got concrete rocks for pillows. Anybody want to come? Any of you guys want to come over that side? But you know what you find when you let go of you and all that stuff? You find you. And then God gives you back the iPad and the iPhone and the gifts and all these things because now you're rewired and anchored and now he's going to build it through you. You're not the one trying to operate in it. Now you're defined by my reality. Now you're going to build it my way. Now run. And it's awesome. And I'm figuring this out more and more and more. None of us have arrived. That's why we need one another. Listen to Hebrews eleven thirty nine. So remember Hebrews eleven one and two, and Hebrews eleven thirteen to seventeen. Okay, now Hebrews eleven thirty nine to forty. These again, the great men and women of faith. These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. Okay, I've just said that commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. God had planned something better for us so that only together with us would they be made perfect. You see, I've never heard a message in my life yet in Christianity that has actually, what I believe, preached why they are cheering you and me on. I've heard, go be the greatest athlete you can be. I've heard, go be the greatest accountant you can be. Go be the greatest earthly-centered thing you can be. And they're all cheering you on for that. Is that right? That's awesome. But I don't believe that's what they're talking about. They're cheering me and you on because they're waiting for me and you to come into something that they've already come into and they can't be made perfect until we arrive there. So they're saying, get off your chuff and get going, because until you get a ride, I'm not perfect. And that's why they're cheering the church on. Come on, come on. When you read Hebrews 12, it gives that context. Come with me to Hebrews 12. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, listen, let us lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Woo! This is good. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God for the joy set before Christ for what he could see there was a joy I'm going to the cross for me and you that he could see something off which empowered the cross are you hearing me when we can see this it empowers this And they're cheering me and you on, going, come on, bride, come on, church. 
pull your big pants on, not get your nappies off, grow up and mature, stop going back to stuff that entangles you and get running because that's been dealt with once and for all and start running in the lanes you're all called to run in and bring my glory to earth. Man, that is good news for me and you. But here's the thing, faith, faith. Do I believe that? 1 Thessalonians 2, 9 to 13 says that they received the word of God out of the mouth of men and they believed that by faith and it performed a work in them. And that's the challenge. Is this guy just full of it or is it God? Well, it's either one of the two. Is he just on a rant or is it actually God? So here's the thing. By faith, go seek the Holy Spirit. By faith, seek the Word of God. By faith, ask the Holy Spirit to reveal. And you know what? He will. Because He wants to lead me and you, what? Into all of truth. See, we've been sold a lie, and we've been said, we're receiving this much of the Word of God today. But there is this much on offer. And God is breathing this stuff over his people today. But you know what Jesus says? Have you got ears to hear it? He ain't talking about these things that we put earrings in and we put glasses on and some people put funny things through them. I always thought that must really hurt. He ain't talking about that. He's talking about spiritual ears to hear what the Spirit says. Listen. I'm jumping a bit, but listen to this. Revelation 19.10. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. The book of Revelation is a book about who? A whole lot of weird stuff that the church doesn't understand. Or is it about Jesus Christ? Well, if you open up the book of Revelation, you'll see it's about the revelation of Jesus Christ. And in Revelation 1, 3, it says this, Blessed is he who reads and then hears and then takes heed the words written in this book. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. He's speaking loud and clear through his book. He's giving prophetic testimony as to what he sees in his church and the promises he has for all those who overcome. Have we got time to go to Revelations 2 and 3? You tell me. Yep, okay, come with me to Revelations. I want you to keep that in mind of what I've just said. Revelations 2 verse 7, okay? This is seven churches, but it's one letter. Sometimes we think there were seven individual churches. It's one letter that went to seven churches. Revelation 2 verse 7, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. You're going to hear this all the time. 
He who has an ear, he or she who has an ear, let them hear what the Spirit. We're moving in the Spirit. We're a spirit people. We're not flesh. We have this vessel, but inside this vessel is the Holy Spirit. And we're to be able to hear and discern the frequencies of the Spirit. Tune in to the frequencies of heaven. Tune in to the radio of heaven. How can I go back in my mother's womb and be born again? Jesus doesn't even answer the question. He just sort of bypasses them and continues to speak heaven language. And says, Jack, if you've got ears to hear, you'll pick it up. I hope you do, but I'm off. Are you hearing me? And then he says this, To him who overcomes, I will grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. To he who overcomes, first promise. Second promise is in 11, 2.11. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes will not be hurt by the second death. Come to 17. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, to him I will give some of the hidden manna, and I will give him a white stone and a new, sta- a new name written on the stone, which no one knows but he who receives it. Anyone want a new name tonight? Anyone think, God, oh, I wish I was called Brad? Or Zeke, Zeke. Gregory just sort of sucked a bit. I wish I was called Zeke. GJ, yeah, thank you. That's my new name, by the way, GJ. Sounds a bit more hip and retro. And <laughs> Where am I up to? 26. He who overcomes and he who keeps my deeds until the end, to him I will give authority over the nations. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron as the vessels of the potter are broken to pieces. And I also have received authority from my father. And I will give him the morning star. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Revelation 3 verses 4. But you have a few people in Sardis who have not soiled their garments. And they will walk with me in white for they are worthy. He who overcomes will thus be clothed in white garments. And I will not erase his book from the book of life. And I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Come down to me to verse uh, 3 and 12. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of God. And he will not go out from it anymore. And I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of the heaven from God and my new name. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And then you come down to 321, which is Laodicea, which some people say is the church today. He who overcomes, I will grant to him to sit down with me on my throne. And I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Three things. One, the author of this letter is Jesus Christ. He is the author of the letter. He's saying to the angel, write this, and it's interpreted through John. But Jesus Christ is the author of this letter. It is one letter to seven churches. So you take all that writing, 
and they all got the one report. So what it's saying is there's a bit today, there's a bit of everything of that in the church. So you take all those seven churches and you put it through the lens of the modern day church and that stuff is in today's church. And he's saying in all this cobwash, in all this stuff, people are saved, but in all this stuff, I'm looking for people that will overcome. I'm looking for a bride. I'm looking for the body of Christ. I'm looking, and I've empowered it. I've given them my word. I've given them my spirit. I even modeled it for you. I overcame the cross as a man. And I modeled it for you that you could overcome. I won't give you anything that takes you too far or I won't tempt you beyond what you can handle. He's looking for faithfulness. He's looking for perseverance and he's looking for obedience. It's faith that overcomes and sight of above, faith to believe what God has put in his word is the very motivational power to walk this out i don't know about you but if i'm going to overcome some of my stuff and i shared this so this is why i've been saying to you guys you need to listen to the morning because to get full context of this i'm dropping bombs in the morning as well and i said there must be (laughs) i'm secretly undercover in new zealand (laughs) actually don't put that on they might come and arrest me (laughs) For me to overcome, I must have more of him in me. He must increase, I must decrease. That's why Clay's message was so powerful this morning. He talked about the cornerstone. Everything is found in the Christ. Paul said, I'm only going to preach two things. The guy wrote about a truckload of stuff. But you know what? I'm preaching about Jesus and Jesus crucified. Why? Because everything you need is contained within him. You just need a revelation of it. But it's found in the cornerstone. See, the greater the revelation you and I have of the Christ, the greater everything. The greater your ability to see, the greater your ability to understand, the greater your ability to love and to give and to lay your life down. Why? Because the motivation to do it, he's put it in there. That's why he gives us. He doesn't just give us, the, 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 you know, like you can get a, a revelation of, of him. You get a revelation of his, his purposes and his divine truth. That's what the judgment seat's all about, guys. It's right, there are rewards. He says, look, here are the rewards on offer for living this life. And if you can see it and believe it by faith and be journeying towards it, when it hits, and I mean when it really hits you, hits you, boom, right here. It's like, my goodness. Lay your life down course. Lose your life? Of course lose your life. Why? Because the other side of that, I'm going to find life. I'm more alive today than I was two and a half years ago. I'm having a conversation with good friends of ours. She's saying, you know what? I thought I was in freedom. Being a Christian about 15 years, thought I was in freedom. I'm now in freedom. You know, I said to her, there's more to come into. I thought I was in a greater level of freedom. Then you come into freedom and you go, was I ever in freedom? And you were but it's kingdom come and kingdom coming. See, it says here that we are to heed the things which are written in this book. Not only to hear them, but to heed them. 
The word heed means pay attention to, take notice of. And then it says, he should have heeded the warnings. I'll finish on this. If you think about this, so everything I've said tonight, hear it by faith. Hear it by faith. Blessed is he who hears these words. Now take it to heed. Do you think if we knew that Christchurch earthquake was going to happen and we were a trumpet to that, some people, maybe not all people, but some people would have taken it to heed and either got out of the city and survived. Maybe some people wouldn't have gone into the buildings they went into that day. Why? Because they took that word to heed. Well, God screams. He's been screaming for 6,000 years. And are you going to take his word to heed by faith and allow it? It's a journey. I'm not saying it's overnight. I'm not saying it drops like this, you know. It's a journey. Come and seek me. Come and knock on my door. Come after me. He's looking for a people because he's looking for a bride. He's looking to see who really loves him. Doesn't just give him lip service, but who genuinely loves him. Because what you love, you go after. What you love, you spend your time doing. What you love, you will find a person what they love. Just look at their life. He is looking for his bride. And so he places things intentionally. He conceals them. And he steps back. And you know what he's even done? Are you ready for this one? He's put an enemy in the game to help you, to help you. Yeah, now that's a good one, eh? That's messing with my theology right there. Who created him? Who put him there before Adam and Eve were even there? Get into your word, guys. Start reading it. Start asking questions of it. God overcame him. You can overcome him. He has nothing. You have the Holy Spirit. You have my living word. He's going to come. What's he after? Steal, kill, and destroy what? It is finished. Can he steal that? So what is he after? Those who overcome will inherit promises to the churches, to the church. You better believe he's going to try and rob you of your inheritance, and it's an eternal one. He is an eternal being as well, isn't he? So there's a big bus coming in about five minutes, and it's coming straight through the door. Will you heed that and will we get out of here? Or will you sit here and go, I don't believe that. So God puts so much in his word and he says, if you'll heed it, if you'll hear it. Think about it, blessed. It's a blessing. There's a promise. Blessed are those who read this book, take it to heed. There's a blessing upon it. Father, I thank you for tonight. I thank you, God, that Man, you love us with such a passion. 
But Lord, it is about you. You've redeemed us that we would glorify your name. You've redeemed us, Lord, that we would live for you. It's always been about you. Help us to, we sort of know that God, but maybe we don't live that fully and we're all on this journey and we're all on a journey and I'm including myself in this with everyone. And God, you want and you've invited us to partake of, man, the ultimate. And we have limited you down to our understanding. Lord, we've taken this beautiful book, this truth, this food, and we've pretty much picked it apart to the bits that we understand. And we're content with that. When, Lord, there is so much on offer. And God, I pray as we continue to go forward as a community, I pray that you'd be raising up apostles. I pray you'd be raising up prophets. Lord, you'd be raising up teachers of the word. You'd be raising up pastors and evangelists. You'd be raising up the fivefold gifting into, over, and through this house. Lord, that you would bring revelation, continuous outpouring of truth. Lord, that we would contend for and work through with you. God, that there would be fire. There would be gold that is refined in a fire. And Lord, those giftings would release the grace gift upon their lives that the church of Jesus would be like it says in Ephesians, God, that we would be trained for the works of service, that we would come into the unity of the faith, not conformity, but unity of the faith, that we would come to the full knowledge of Jesus Christ and that we would be raised up as the perfect man, the bride of Christ, the body of Christ, sons of God on the earth, the thing that his creation is waiting for, that's yearning for to us arrive to. And right now, God, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, all these great men, Noah, all these great women of faith are cheering the church of Jesus Christ on. They're waiting for us to come into this reality, God, and you've given us everything we need to come to. You've given us your word. You've given us your spirit. You've given us the gifts. You've given us one another, God. You even give us the finances and the buildings and everything we need, God, is at our hands. So, Father, inspire us. Let's stand, guys. Let's inspire us to live these lives of faith. Live these lives.